Welcome to the Wealth Trifecta, where we explore all things health, wealth, and happiness. This podcast is designed to uplift and ignite your journey to financial independence and lifestyle design. I'm your host, Holly Morphew, personal finance expert, accredited financial counselor, and life enthusiast. True wealth is the convergence of health, happiness, and good fortune. And what I love most about wealth building is that it doesn't matter where you start. What matters is that you start. Wealth is for everyone, and that includes you. Welcome back to the Wealth Trifecta, where we talk all things health, wealth, and happiness. Today's episode is with my lifelong friend and entrepreneur and nine-to-fiver, Katie Campbell. We actually grew up in Longview, Texas together and have known each other since we were pre-preschool, since we were, you know, two years old, three years old. That's how long we've been friends. This is a combination wealth and happiness episode. Katie is the founder of My Afterlife, which is a website where you can store and curate sort of your life memories and your final wishes for those that you love to leave a legacy behind. Of course, you can upload your will to it. And it's really a fantastic idea to support people with commemorating themselves in a way that is authentic to them. I love the concept so much. Katie and I have a great conversation about just living life big, and I'm so excited to share it with you. Also want to mention, if you love my afterlife, you want to sign up for one of the packages, use the code WEALTHTRIFECTA to get a discount. Let's go to the show. Katie Campbell, welcome to the show. I am so excited to have you here. Before we jump into it, I just want to share a little bit about you with our audience. You are the founder and CEO at My Afterlife. You're a dog mom, a travel pro, a medical sales veteran, fashion daredevil, amateur comedian, karaoke enthusiast, wine snob, and domino champion. Yep, accurate. Thanks, Holly. Who would not want to be friends with someone like you? That is an amazing introduction. Well, thank you so much. (laughs) (laughs) Tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, you covered a lot of the bases there. Grew up in Longview, Texas. That's how Holly and I know each other and went to Texas A&M. I am close with my family. We're a pretty small little family. I don't know. I mean, I... I'm excited to be here. I'm excited to tell you all about my company. And I still have a day job. I'm in medical sales. I work in head and neck cancer. And I love my team. I love what I do. I love my clients getting to travel and see them and spread the good word. So, yeah. Awesome. Yeah, there's so many things that I love about you and I love about your story. One of them is that, you know, you are working a full-time job. You got the calling to start a company and we're going to talk all about that. And you followed it and I know you've worked really hard and it's an awesome concept and a great company. But I also love that you are living your life in a big way. Talk about that. Oh man, lately I've started this little series on Instagram. What am I excited about today? And it's not like anybody asked me to do this. I'm just, you know, I think there's enough negativity out there and why not? be excited about something little every single day. So today I'm excited to talk to you. And tonight I'm going to see Young the Giant and Milky Chance with my boyfriend, his daughter, and three of my best girlfriends. So, Ah. you know, life is good. 
when I'm not going to concerts, I am on some kind of crazy vacation or, you know, planning my next escape or I'm in the pool with some girlfriends, you know, could be worse. <laughs> For sure. I know. I mean, from following you on Instagram, I know you had a huge trip to the Himalayas and then you're recently in Patagonia with your mom. Any yeah. other fun trips in the past 12 months that you want to talk about and share? Oh, gosh. Those are the two biggest ones for sure. Then I went to Iceland. So when I went to Nepal, that was I didn't know anybody. And I, I had heard about Live Alive Adventures. And I just they're they're kind of affiliated with my yoga studio that I went to. And I just liked their vibe. And I figured, you know, I could go on this trip and not know anybody. And it'd be perfectly fine because I'm clearly very shy. So <laughs> it was me and 27 people I had never met or hung out with. And Came away with a whole new perspective, new friends. You know, every few years I need to do something that really pushes myself outside my comfort level. And going trekking in the Himalayas was certainly that for me. That inspired me to, I met a yoga instructor on that trip who was hosting her own retreat in Iceland. So I grabbed a girlfriend from Louisiana and said, come on, let's go to Iceland for your 50th birthday. So we did that. And that was in the fall of 22. And then spring 23, my mom is an inspiration. And she was a travel agent before there was, you know, Expedia and all that. So she's been to 50, 56 countries now, but she had never been to Patagonia and she still wants to go to Croatia. So I decided for her birthday, I was going to take her on a trip, same yoga group that I went to Nepal with. My mom is not a yoga doer. And I would say the average age of everybody on this trip was like maybe 30. And so I bring my mom and she's 72. And we just had the best time. It was amazing. Patagonia was everything I hoped it would be. And so we like the group so much that we're going to Croatia next year on a yacht trip with Live Alive Adventures. So highly recommend it. And if you're looking for the full experience, you want a trip that's totally planned from, you know, soup to nuts, then that's, I love traveling with them. That is so awesome. I just love that you're willing to get out of your comfort zone and do something new and be open to what it might bring into your life. It's amazing. People should try it. I know you're, you did the same thing. Like you, you went on, you know, some sort of a one month mountain trip with your boyfriend recently and, yep. you know, just explored and live, you know, living in Colorado. I think you're very adventurous and always doing something fun. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, my mantra is life is for living. And I have carried that with me since I began my wealth journey. You know, it's like, why am I working so hard if not to create an amazing life? And how do we live an amazing life? Well, we think about, well, what is it that we value? Like, it sounds to me like you really value your family and relationships and music and travel and new experiences. And here you are living this big, beautiful life because you're 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 taking risk. You're putting yourself out there. Clearly, you're setting away time to do this because, you know, travel takes time and money, right? Mm -hmm. And so, you know, when there's intention behind it and when there's some planning behind it, truly, we can make our dreams come true. Absolutely. And I, I love, I have to confess, you know, I've worked with Holly a couple of times now trying to get my finances in order because I am great at spending money, but not so great at saving it. And I think that that reflects. And if you come to my home, there are so many different concert posters and pieces of art I've brought back from all my travels. And, you know, when I look at my walls, I want to know where my money went. So it's, yeah, I can remember, okay, I've, I've been to 40 countries now. So it's exciting. I, appreciate you bringing up, you know, that we've worked together off and on over the years. And, 
you know, when it comes to spending and debt repayment and managing debt or, you know, ticking things off of our bucket list, I find that we sort of go through these periods of expansion and contraction. And for those who have experienced five-figure debt, like everyone knows that I have and a lot of my clients have, (laughs) yeah, Katie's raising her hand for those who are not watching but listening, you know, if you're willing to work, right, if you're willing to, you know, get up and go to a job, then you can create the income that you need to pay off the debt. Yes, it's hard when we get into five-figure debt and we're trying to, you know, pay for decisions that we made five years ago while also, you know, paying for our current lifestyle. Like debt isn't bad. It is just expensive. And, you know, there's a strategy for debt repayment. I remember when was the first time that we worked together, Katie? Was it like five years ago, six years ago? Yeah, probably like 2016, I would say. Yeah. 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 And you had just been through this big renovation. Like I know that you love your home and you live in this really cool, what, well, how would you describe your home and why is the decor so important to you? Well, it's very Katie. Um, there's a lot of wallpaper. There's a lot of color. There's a lot of art. I'm basically running out of wall space. So I'm going to have to make some decisions and either switch things out or, you know, get a rotation going. But yeah, I didn't do the remodel until 2021. And that kind of came about, I had this ex-boyfriend who said, you know, you talk about doing all these things. Why don't you just do them? And I was like, (laughs) all right, then (laughs) that is a very valid point. I think I will. So sometimes I pull the trigger without figuring out how to fund things, fund them. I'm very good at fun, but not so much the funding. (laughs) So, you know, yeah, I, I think we started talking or working on my money when I was working at a startup. And then I was about to get another job that was going to pay better. And so that helped me climb out of that hole a little faster. But yeah, you you were in our first meeting together. You said, are you holding your breath a lot? I'm like, yes, <laughs> very much so. How did you know? And, and so I, I felt at ease with you immediately because I think it takes a lot to go to someone that you already know to help you with a financial problem because of the shame and the stigma. And, you know, I, you know, the internal monologue of why can't I, why can't I just like be a normal person and save 20% of my paycheck or, you know, do this. And turns out I have ADHD. And so impulsivity is a a hallmark of that, as is loving a challenging puzzle. So, you know, starting a company, that's about as challenging of a puzzle as you can, as you can ask for. Um, So is managing, you know, my zest for life and my (laughs) finances. So yeah, here for it. Yes. And I love that you're using your, what you know to be true about yourself and framing it in a way that's positive for you. Because, you know, things that make us unique that society or teachers or some authority figure in our life might say is a negative thing could actually end up being our greatest gift. Mm-hmm. Yep. Agree. I feel like we're going to launch right into the failure resume. <laughs> I do want to talk about your failure resume. You had brought this up with me a few weeks ago because you had written a blog post, I guess, about it. And you're like, we should talk about this on the podcast. And I think that's a great idea. Before we get into your failure resume, and I want to share some of my failures as well, because I feel like we learn from these failures. And sometimes it's an opportunity to sort of celebrate where we've been and acknowledge how far we've come. But tell us about my afterlife. What is the company? Why did you start it? How does it help people? All right. So my afterlife is like Dropbox for death. So 
think of it that way. It is a cloud-based web application where you're able to go and store. You can upload your will if you have one. If you've already written your obituary, you can put that in there. You know, tagged photos versus posted photos. Those are two very different things. So what are the favorite photos that you have? Curate a collection of your, you know, your highlight reel, your best memories. Parting words of wisdom, anything that you think that your family would want to know when you're no longer around to ask, then that's what goes in your My Afterlife account. And I came up with the idea Christmas night, 2020, having a drink with my brother-in-law, Paul. He's about 20 years older. We're super close. Everybody else had gone to bed and I'm, I'm a notorious night owl. And I don't know how we got on the topic, but Paul said, at my funeral, I want you to play What a Wonderful World. And I thought, damn, that's a good song choice. What would mine be? And how can I one-up him? But also, what... That's wonderful. What else is there, Paul, that you would want to leave behind for your family? Because he's really, he's a really deep guy. He has a lot of layers. There's so much more to Paul than you could ever just, you know, fit on a page or fit in this podcast. So, you know, what what else would there be that he's not comfortable sharing with me? And what are those sweet leave behind things? Then where would you put that? So the wheels never stopped turning. I started Googling. I couldn't really find anything like what I was envisioning. So I paid a developer in Romania to <laughs> build me a web application. I didn't even shop around and find out the best people to ask. I just was like, no, these people right here. That's my personality. I'm not a DIYer. I'm like, who can I hire to do this? And after two years, we have a working product and an MVP. I'm sure it's going to have many iterations as things change and evolve. And we come up with some other brilliant way to to put this out there. But yeah, it's it's a cloud. It's there for you. We want, you know, you may have a will and you may get that and never look at it again, but things change in life all the time. So mm-hmm. where would you put those changes? If something, if you were to get hit by a bus tomorrow, what would your family do to not only cope with that loss, but wrap up your loose ends and know what you really wanted? Do you want to be buried or cremated? Do you want to be made into a tree? You want a mushroom casket? Do you want a Viking funeral? Good luck finding a place that's going to legally let you do that. But <laughs> You know, are you not a religious person and you want more of a cheerful celebration of life? You know, at my funeral, I want to have, I want it to be in a music venue. I don't want any funeral vibes at all. No black, good food, good music, maybe a domino tournament going on in the background some karaoke and like an auction of some of my stuff, like auction it off for charity. I don't care. But that changes all the time. So I feel like people are like me and they want to have some sense of control in an uncontrollable situation that we're all going to face. Oh, I, this answers the question or solves the problem. I actually have a module in my, my private program, which is called pillars. And I call it SOS save our shit. Yeah. And it's not just about, you know, what are the components of an estate plan and why does everyone, whether, you know, they have kids or they're healthy or, you know, they have assets, why does everybody need an estate plan? But it's like, what do you do if the metaphorical ship, you know, goes down, you're incapacitated or you do die young and your family doesn't know, you know, where your social media passwords stored, you know, where is the will? If you had a will, where, where does it live? And how do, you know, what are your wishes for your pet? Like what, what vet do you take it to? What do you want done with your stuff? And so it really helps solve that problem that, that can really be stressful and, make the mourning and grieving process that much worse. It's like, okay, because my understanding of my afterlife is that once you 
you know, share your photos and kind of share your wishes and where things can be found and what, what things you have, then you can designate someone to sort of get an email and then they have the information they need if worst case scenario happens, right? Yes. So there's a few different layers of that. So you can, you pick a designee and that's just your point person, your bestie, your aunt, your brother, whoever it is in your life to be the party in charge if you should die first. And as long as they agree to being your designee, it can be anybody that is 16 years of age and older that you find to be responsible. We even have a few plans where you can have backup designees just in case. But when you're filling out your profile, that's comprised of friends, family, finances, final wishes, and just for fun, because I like alliteration, there's actually a sixth one for the record. But knowing all that out, it'll say, great, good job filling out this form. Do you want to notify your designee of these changes now or later? And you decide if, you, if you're comfortable with your designee having all that info, which the only two things that are going to be shared initially are final wishes and for the record. Because if you are in an accident and you have some, you know, m- you know, medical directives that you want them to get quick access to, that'll be in there. If you want to put your will in the for the record, you can. If you don't, you could upload it in a separate area so that they no one can see your will until you're gone. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of the nuanced of, you know, who's your designee? Are they going to be there? You know, every year you need to go back in and think, is this person still willing and able to be my designee? And do I still want them to be my designee? Has something changed? So every year we're going to remind you to update your account probably around your birthday. Like, hey, good job. You lived another year. Still want this person to be your designee? And maybe you forgot that you even sign them up to be your designee. And so you'll be looking for that email and and you'll have the ability to make changes whenever you want to. Very cool. How is my afterlife different than some of the other sites? I feel like there's a lot of other sites out there that give you a, a wealth of information on, you know, what to do to cope with the loss, you know, more of a resource library. We're not that. We are a secure, intentional cloud for the things that you want to keep private and separate some of the other, like good trust, you, I think you have to log into all of your accounts. And so that's kind of saved in a back end that if you die, then someone can just flip a switch that they log you out of all those. We, mm-hmm. We're not doing that. So we, you can list your accounts if you want and your passwords, but it's not already tied to anything else. This is like a separate black box. It's over there in the cloud so that when your designee lets us know that you are no longer here, then we, we get the ball rolling so that they can have the instructions to deal with it, how you decided. We would also never tell anybody that the member has passed away. That's not our job. Our job is to just securely house your information. We don't sell your data. I can't see any of that. All I can see is Holly has an account. She's only used up one gigabyte of space and her designee is David. That's all I see. So, mm-hmm. and, and that that's by design. I don't want to know what your deepest, darkest secrets are. If you confess to a crime, I don't want to be any part of that. <laughs> <laughs> can you confess to a crime on my afterlife? I mean, I guess you could. I guess we'll find out. (laughs) Stick around. I'm not taking this to my grave. I'm putting it in my afterlife account. (laughs) Clean the slate. Yeah, there must be some things that you don't want to take to your grave. Just from like an energetic standpoint, I feel like as soon as I hit the age of 40, my anxiety level just went up. And, And maybe part of that was, you know, you're thinking about your own mortality a lot more than you were when you were young. Because people are, you know, people are dying of weird stuff. And I'm not trying to make anyone scared. But part of my own anxiety is that my parents are getting older. They're not going to be here forever. And I would like to get a handle on a lot of this stuff before, get ahead of it so that we can talk about it while it's not sad and dreary. Everybody's still healthy. We're all still here. So, you know, get get that out of the way. And and I think it gives extreme peace of mind just knowing that you're doing something for your family. You know, what better, what better legacy to leave than one of being prepared? Right. And- for someone who already has 
a will or an estate plan? Do they need my afterlife? Sure. I mean, having a will or an estate plan is only part of it. You know, you you still want to have, what if you're a gamer and you, you know, you're all your buddies on the gaming system that you just, you just drop out one day. Don't you want there to be some sort of closure or like a little message, a thank you, a, you know, any number of things. People write letters to their kids and save them in safety deposit boxes. This is the same thing. It would just be in a cloud for them to read. I wish I had more information on all of my ancestors. My mom is super into genealogy and has been since way before the internet. But uh, having access to something like this, I think would mean a lot for future generations. Absolutely. Yes. Now, tell me about a tribute page. What (laughs) is that? Okay. Like an old MySpace. Do you remember MySpace? Mm -hmm. Okay. So some of your listeners may be too young, but the tribute page kind of came about as if you've ever been to look up an obituary online and it kind of takes you to one of those really plain, badly designed web pages that just kind of says, you know, the funeral will be held here. The visitation will be this. And then, you know, send flowers here and like just kind of kind of dry, not a lot to it. So in our just for fun section, there are checkboxes by every question. If you want the answer to be shared to your tribute page, once you're no longer alive, then it will be shared there. So just something a little bit more personal touch and and let you leave a few parting words, some wisdom, some advice, you know, remember me by doing this. I love that my afterlife is really all about celebrating the life that we've created, the life that we're living, the legacy that we want to leave behind. So I want to segue into what we alluded to talking about earlier, which was our failure resumes. How, so how did this idea come up? Why is it something that you want to talk about? And, and then how does it kind of relate to my afterlife? I mean, I have, I have the idea that, you know, my afterlife is really about celebrating those milestones. And I know that it seems like we spend a lot of time talking about what I did to X, Y, Z, but we don't spend a lot of time talking about our failures, but that's really where we learn the most. Absolutely. I'm not the one who coined the term failure resume. And I probably heard it on Tim Ferriss's podcast because I'm a huge fan. But, you know, I guess I just was, I've been out of college since, gosh, this is going to really give it, give it away, December of 2002. So I really started my first job in January of 2003. And, you know, that's been 20 years now. So that seems like a very momentous time to take a look back and just, and think of all the things that maybe didn't go the way that I wanted them to go. And how has that shaped me as a person? And where has that gotten me? And what was my attitude towards that at the time? And now looking back, some of it's just so funny. So I had written this blog post. I haven't, I haven't published it yet because I was trying to figure out a tie-in with Afterlife. And I really think it's that, you know, who am I to be out here? A lot of us suffer with imposter syndrome. Like who am I to be out here creating this cloud software when I'm just a medical sales rep or whatever, but I'm also just a person that is living life and, and living a very vibrant existence. And, you know, I, I didn't get here by accident. I think that a lot of this was trial and error and figuring out what worked for me and what didn't and writing it all out and having that, you know, cathartic release of what hasn't, what hasn't gone my way. And aren't you glad it didn't? So Mm -hmm. That's, and how does it tie into afterlife? I think that this afterlife is the safe place to put all that. You know, you may not want to share what your biggest failure was or what your most embarrassing moment was, but maybe you do. Maybe you can laugh about it now. And maybe you can give some perspective to your kids and grandkids. You know, they're not going to, if you're not around anymore to answer 
or give advice, then this could be sort of your way to put it in perspective. Mm -hmm. What was your first failure? I don't have it up in front of me. So <laughs> I think it was the first one listed. Was it the getting fired from my job in Dallas? Uh, I remember my first failure. As I was reading through your failure resume, I was like, what was my first failure? Like the thing that I just realized, I just totally blew it. <laughs> there was no going back. I was 18 years old and I got my first restaurant job. And for a few months, I was a hostess, which was great. That was really easy. It was kind of partially a restaurant on Pearl Street and partially a nightclub. At night, you could like go down into the basement. They'd have DJs. And, and so after a while, I was like, oh, I want to do more. I started busing. And, you know, busing was, it is what it is. And then they offered me the position of being a waitress. And I was like, cool. I can, you know, why not? I can try that. But, you know, only being 18, I wasn't, you know, I didn't dine out a lot myself. Of course, I wasn't drinking at that time. Like I, I wasn't going into bars and ordering drinks. So I remember the first time somebody ordered a vodka soda, I was like, great, I'll be right back with that. And I went up to the bar and they said, well, what kind of vodka do they want? And I was like, oh, there's different types. <laughs> so I was like, okay, I have a lot to learn here. And then anytime somebody would order a burger, you know, I'd put it on my little pad and I'd go back to the register to, to type it in and say, well, how do they want their burger prepared? And I'm like, what does that mean? How do they want their burger prepared? I didn't realize medium, medium well, rare. I wouldn't even ask, do you want French fries or a salad with that? I would just ring in whatever I thought. And so that lasted a couple of weeks. And then I realized, you know what? I'm just not ready for this. I don't know enough about dining out to be a good server right now. And being self-aware was was up there for you. You you figured out that wasn't for you. I was only going back 20 years. If we want to talk like funny stories, failure-wise, there's there's definitely some of those. You know, I'm not known to be a great cook. Probably eighth grade. My mom is home with my brand new niece, Carmen, and Carmen's a baby. And I that morning I was like, I want muffins. I want muffins today when I get home from school. Mom's like, okay. So I get home, I'm like, where's my muffins? She's like, didn't make them. Go in there and figure it out. And I'm like, fine. So I have an attitude and I'm in the kitchen just slamming things around and I'm pissed, huffing and puffing. And I come back in there and I have the muffin tin in one hand and an egg in the other. And I said, now how do you expect me to divide this egg into 12? She just lost it. I had the powder and the water and the oil and I got to that egg and was like, how does this go? Never did I read the instructions or bother to use a bowl. But I love that. Right? That's a great story. Okay, so... I'm looking at your failure resume right now. And the first one that you mentioned was when you got your first big girl job in 2003. Yep. And you lost the job because they said there are things about your personality we can't change. Accurate. Accurate. <laughs> but what was the learning experience from that? I didn't need to be working at a car dealership as a service advisor in the first place. They did me a big favor. Yeah. That was a learning experience. That was never going to be my jam. Nope. Mm -hmm. Not for me. <laughs> and I can almost tell you the year of every Lexus in the 2000s that's on the road. That's all I got out of that gig. 
<laughs> yeah. And sometimes we have to bounce around, right? Mm-hmm. And try yeah. something and realize, oh, you know what? This isn't for me. I'm not really enjoying this. Or this isn't within my skill set. Definitely. One of my failures is when I, so I worked in real estate the first six years of my career. And I knew that if I stayed in, because I was in sales, I knew that if I stayed in sales, then I'd probably get more sales jobs. And it was such a grind because I worked every single weekend. I rarely had a day off. If it was my day off, which my days off were Tuesday and Wednesday, I was always driving into the office to turn in contracts or whatever. And so it just felt like I never really had a day off. And so I was thinking, well, where do I go from here? I'm already a high earner. I'm in my mid twenties. You know, how do I transition into a new career where I can make pretty good money and enjoy what I'm doing, et cetera. And so my aunt actually planted kind of like she put the bug in my ear that I would be great in journalism. And yeah, you know, I could see myself behind the camera or interviewing people. Funny that I'm a podcast host today, right? (laughs) Not at all. So I applied to, I took the, what was the test to get into grad school? I can't remember what it is now. But um, I took the test, got, you know, I don't know if I aced it. I probably didn't ace it, but I got a fairly high score, high enough that I got accepted into grad school at CU Boulder. And so I enrolled in a journalism program. And so here I am working. I don't even know how many hours a week I was working, 50, 60, sometimes 70, Mm -hmm. and trying to go to my grad school classes. And it was so much it was just so much like I I couldn't do it. Not to mention that my office was like an hour from, from my house. And then at my school was, you know, 45 minutes from my house and in the opposite direction. So I dropped out. So I'm a grad school dropout. And I think, that, you know, it was really hard because I'm thinking, have I failed? You know, I set out to do this thing and now I'm going to quit and I'm not going to follow this through because it's too hard. But now looking back, I realize, first of all, that's not a business that I want to be in. It's just way too intense. <laughs> right. For sure. Tough, tough hours. But secondly, you know, I kind of look at it as it was a learning experience for me to really understand what I'm committing to before I make big commitments. Cause it wasn't just the time. It was also the money, you know, it was really expensive. And I was thinking, gosh, if I put up the thousands of dollars that it's going to take for me to complete my grad school program, now I'm back out in the world looking for a job, an entry level position. And I'm going to have to build my resume up from there to build the career that I want. Again, like kind of going back to what do we learn from these failures? You know, I learned to get really clear on what kind of lifestyle I want to live while I'm on my path to, for me, it's always been financial independence. That's, that's always been important to me. And like how many years, how long of a runway do I want to be on before I make it to that ultimate goal? You're on a short runway and I'm on a very long one, but that's okay. I don't know that I'm ever going to retire. Here's a question for you. Are you enjoying the journey? Oh, absolutely. I couldn't be having any more fun. Yeah, that's huge. It's all about what's important to you. That's like the best question anyone's ever asked me. What's important to you? Clearly, it's freedom and choice. I like to have a choice of what I'm doing. 
I'm not a great, I don't love authority. So, you know, maybe that's why I wasn't the best employee at the first job. There were things about my personality that like, this girl isn't going to become, you know, the yes girl that we want her to be. Mm-hmm. So, okay. When is the first time someone asked you what's important to you? Gosh, it wasn't until maybe 2021. And I know who it was. It was my buddy, Nathan Harrington. He's a, he was in a leadership position at Big Power Yoga when I was working with them doing the 40 days you know, volunteer leader program. And, and he said, what's important to you? And I'm like, wow, no one's ever really asked me that. So I think that, you know, we asked that in our afterlife questionnaire in many different ways. So being able to express what's important to you and just think about that and that changes, right? What's important to me right now is going to be different than what's important to me 10 years from now and 10 years ago. It's always changing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What has it been like for you starting a company? Literally, you have a startup company. You're a full-time employee in a sales position. But what has it been like kind of making that transition from employee to entrepreneur, remaining employee? It's not easy. And I didn't think it was going to be, but it's harder than I ever imagined. I'm not a super patient person. And so it's hard for me to to get through these necessary evils that that come with setting up a business and learning and, you know, branching out into a field that I don't know anything about. You know, I'm not I'm not a funeral home director. I'm not an IT person. I'm just a regular girl who felt like she didn't have her ducks in a row. So I'm sure other people feel this way too. And, you know, as long as I can do something that's worthwhile and necessary, then I think that that, that excites me. That keeps me going. So, and my day job is for a startup as well. So there's that. And I was like, how crazy would it be if I just started my own company too? Pretty crazy. And it's been self-funded. You know, I haven't really wanted to dilute or go into any kind of funding rounds yet. I just kind of want to see where it goes. I'm committed to the long-term vision of this. And if we never become a unicorn bazillion dollar company, that's fine. That's not why I started this. I'm not out here trying to get rich off of this. I think it's important to be able to express your wishes somewhere. And even for people that may not have a will or may not think they have enough money to or any assets to leave behind, this is the perfect thing for them. If you don't want to pay a lawyer to do an official will, which I highly recommend, if you have more than $75,000 in assets, you should get a trust. <laughs> Spare your family from probate hell. But yeah, what if you don't have a lot of assets to leave behind so you don't think that you are worthy of having a My Afterlife account? You absolutely are. Because you probably have a lot of salt of the earth knowledge that you would love to pass down for generations. Um, You probably have lots of significant special things that you want to give that are not necessarily material. Mm -hmm. So a place to do all that. What is your vision for my afterlife? Just to help as many people as possible. You know, I was listening to your podcast from last week. You're like, well, I wanted to, I want to change the world and help as many people as I can with personal finance. I'm like, and you said you need to get more specific. And I resonated with that really hard because I don't know yet what our future is going to be like. Hopefully we will take what the existing MVP is and add on and iterate and drop and make it more streamlined and better, better user interface, better, better feel, make it, make it something that's not a chore to do. You want to be able to answer these things and update them quickly and easily. So I just want it to be a household name, really, you know, oh, you should put that in your afterlife account. And my my business partner, Lauren, was like, you know, I just don't like that our website has the dash because it's my dash afterlife.com. And 
you know, the real reason there's a dash is because myafterlife.com was $20,000. And I was like, absolutely not doing to my dash afterlife. But I don't know where this came from, but I heard it on, I did hear about it on the Grand Exit podcast, which I absolutely love. They're doing such a great job. And they talk about that dash, like on the headstone, when it has the year that you're born and the year that you die, there's a dash. What's It's what you made of that dash that is important. And so we were talking about getting a new website or renaming the company. And I'm like, nah, let's leave it. Let's leave the dash because really your dash should be intentional. That is your lifespan that's between the cradle and the grave. Make it count. Mm. Get your bucket list items in there. Let's hear what they are. Let's celebrate them. Let's, you know, make a badass funeral playlist. Absolutely. You know what I would give to have a playlist of all hand-selected songs for one of my very best friends who's no longer here to do that? Mm. That is, that's a legacy to me. Leave me what you would want me to listen to. Mm. I just got chills when you talked about the significance of that dash. And isn't it interesting that you got the dash and now there's so much meaning to it. That came last night on a walk late at night. I mean, I was, she's like, I just never, I've never liked the dash. And I was like, but the dash is so cool. The dash is so it has so much meaning now. Mm-hmm. Uh, right. I feel like we get some of the best downloads and information when we're in the the practice, the practice of moving our body, being in nature, mm-hmm. gratitude, silence. Yeah, that's so awesome. Katie, what does wealth mean to you? Oh, obviously it means abundance. In lots of ways. I don't think that wealth is just about money at all. I think I'm wealthy and my my dog is whining right here. I'm wealthy because I have Aussie. I'm wealthy because I have my health. I'm wealthy because I've had all these lived experiences. I've been to so many cool places. I have so many great friends. I'm wealthy for all those reasons. And yes, the paycheck affords me a way to do a lot of the cool things that I do. But even without that, I think that my attitude would would find me some other you know, way to make money and get by because I'm going to find a way. I'm going to find a way to have fun and to live life to the fullest. So that's wealth to me. Ah, this has been such a pleasure, Katie. How can people follow you? Tell us your website, anything else that we should know to get in touch with you? Sure. Website is my-afterlife.com and my Instagram is planyourafterlife and Facebook is plan your afterlife. I think Twitter is like plan my afterlife. <laughs> we'll link it. Katie yeah. plays Spinoza is my is my personal Instagram, which you can follow along with my shenanigans and what I'm excited about. Tell me what you're excited about, Holly. What are you What are you looking forward to? Oh my gosh, I am looking forward to. This is on my bucket list, and I've just been thinking about how can I make this dream come true even sooner. I want to take a private jet with all of my friends to Italy. Yeah, girl, count me in. It's not going to be this year. It's in reality. It's probably going to happen in 2025, but it's just something I've been thinking about lately. Manifest it. I love it. Yes. I hope to make the cut. (laughs) Heck yeah. Oh man. Italy with the girlfriends. That's something to look forward to. I love it so much. I am so enjoying your podcast and listening to all your fabulous guests. I don't know how that I made it to the roster, but (laughs) thrilled to be here and I'm going to fake it till I make it. So 
<laughs> Thank you. Katie, you're a gem. I love you so much. Thank you for being on the show. Love you, friend. Thanks. Talk soon. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to The Wealth Trifecta. If you loved this episode, please give it a five-star review and share it with your friends. Tune in again and find me on the socials at Holly Morph, where I share freebies, events, and inspiration. I always love to hear from my listeners, so please say hello. If you're looking for financial coaching, check out my website at financialimpact.com. Be sure to join my list and stay up to date with all my offerings, including private coaching, small group coaching, financial retreats, and more. Until we meet again, be healthy, be wealthy, and be happy.